0: We're here today to remember Sister Tommy Bell, a lady that we all loved and admired. She loved to sing. And these songs that we're about to sing are some of her favorites that she picked out particularly. And we'll begin with number 916, What a Day That Will Be. She wants you all to join in with us as we sing these songs. There is coming a day When no heartache shall come No more clouds in the sky No more tears to dim the eye All is peace forevermore On that path the golden shore, what a day, glorious day, that will be, what a day that will be, when my Jesus I shall see, and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day, that will be. Hey
1: Miss Tommy Louise Ray Bell, born in Memphis, Tennessee on October the 8th, 1942. She passed from this life on May the 14th, 2017. She resided in Byhelia, Mississippi with her husband Richard Bell. She was preceded in death by her parents Thomas and Marguerite Ray. Miss Bell is survived by her loving husband of 55 years, Richard Bell. They have three wonderful children William Scott Bell and his wife Jennifer, Kelly Bell Summerlin and her husband Irby, and Todd Allen Bell and his wife Kelly. She loved her 12 grandchildren, who she is also survived by. That's Catherine Bell. Bradley Bell, Christopher Bell, Sarah Bell, Ethan Bell, Alexis Burnside, Elena Burnside, Benjamin Summerlin, Lauren Summerlin, Brittany Warshaw, Brooke Bell, and Sabin Bell. And she's also survived by a brother, Mark Ray, and his wife Dee. Miss Bell was a member of the Olive Branch Church of Christ here where the funeral services are held today. Following the funeral services, she will be buried at the Memphis Memory Gardens in Memphis, Tennessee. Let's pray together. Our loving Father, we come before you, and we are so thankful at this time to know that we were able to spend a portion of our lives with Sister Tommy Bell. Father, we're so thankful for the great shining light that she was to all those around. We're so thankful for her smile and for her cheer and for her great attitude and her strong desire to put you first. Father, we're so thankful that as we come together we can remember your great name and be so thankful for the things That were given through the blood of Christ, that we know Tommy Bell loved, and that she strove to put you first in every action in her life. Father, we're so thankful for the great memories that are left behind. We're so thankful for the wonderful family that she has, that she has left to live on, that will help us all to remember her and the great things that she has done. Father, we ask that you bless each one that is here today as we strive to, to remember the good times and we strive to celebrate the great life of Miss Tommy. Father, we ask that you bless us as we struggle with the hurt of knowing that she's not here with us. But Father, we also ask that you Bless us with the opportunity to focus on the hope of one day being reunited. Father, we're so thankful that we can live for you. We're so thankful that Christ died and shed his blood, and we're thankful that through that blood we can have forgiveness and remission of sins. Father, we ask that you bless us this day as we lay her body to rest. Help us to, help us to cherish and to hold the wonderful memories that we have in our heart. Father, we ask that you bless us at this time as we go throughout this service. Let us remember the great life of Sister Tommy Ray. It's in Tommy Ray Bell. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Number 786.
0: 786. Gracious Lord, take my hand. <clears throat> In the chorus, feel free to sing the parts as it is written. <clears throat> when my way. Lord.
2: As a family, uh, we really appreciate each and every one of you uh, being here today and, and celebrating the life of Tommy, Mom, and me, Mom. For those of you that don't know, I'm Tide Bell. I'm the youngest and the favorite of the uh, of the three kids. Um, when we found out a few months back that, that mom was sick, um, we sat down on the couch and she asked me to speak today. Wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to do it, but we're gonna try to get through this. She told me, she said, you know, Todd, if your sister gets up there, she's just gonna stand there and cry. If your brother gets up there, he's just gonna stand there and look dumb. <laughs> he's, he's not very educated. She told me she wanted to just tell you all about our family. Uh, she told me that she wants everybody here leaving, uh, smiling, and just thinking about the fun times that we had together uh, as a family. So I'm going to tell you some stories. Some of them I didn't want to tell, but Mama said I had to. Uh, the first story I'm going to tell you about is his uh, mom's athletic ability or her lack of uh, athletic ability. Somehow uh, she was voted most athletic in high school. Not sure how, how, but uh, she was a cheerleader, but she got most athletic even though she never played a sport. Anyway, uh, my grandmother used to always take us to play golf. Uh, The three kids, uh, my uncle Mark, um, but she would always take us to play golf. And so one day my mother decided she was gonna go. On the first hole, I think mom had a 24. And she was happy about that. <laughs> By the, uh, the seventh or eighth hole, my grandmother was getting very aggravated. And she started hollering, Tommy, just pick up your ball. There's people behind us that want to play, too. <laughs> the next story is one of the ones that mom said I had to tell you about. Um, she was laughing hysterically when she told me, this is the one you've got to tell. Um, She said, you got to tell them the story about the fur coats. I feel like skipping this. I think think her point in having me tell this story was really to embarrass me and Scott one last time. I think that was the point. But she said I had to tell it, so I'm going to tell it. So here we go, the story of the fur coats. Mom bought me and Scott fur coats. They looked like mink coats. We were probably eight. 10, 12? I don't know. We were young, wearing these long mink coats that hung down almost to our knees. If you saw the slides earlier, we're there with Santa Claus, and we're wearing these fur coats. I'd tell you what we look like. But dad said I couldn't tell you what we look like because we're in church. (laughs) Scott wanted, he wanted me (laughs) yesterday, he said, Tell him about a typical morning at our house. Well, the bell kids woke up every morning to the smell of burnt toast. <laughs> I think I was actually married before I found out that you really weren't supposed to take a knife and scrape all the black. <laughs> supposed to scrape that black, and I'm, I'm being serious, scrape that black off into the sink. Um, we'd get up about once a week and you'd hear mama scream from the kitchen because she'd caught her robe on fire. I honestly, I'm not I, I seriously I don't think that I ever remember her having a robe that didn't have burn marks on the sleeves or on the front It was just that was just a given she just always had burn marks You can come to dad's house today and I promise you you're gonna find pots and spatulas that she burned a handle off of <laughs> Kelly and I just cooked eggs two days ago and there's a spatula with half a handle <laughs> Another story I want to tell you about is his uh, mom cutting our hair I think it was just mine and Scott's. (laughs) Um, That may be the reason we look like this now. (laughs) I I guess Kelly was privileged. She got to go get her hair cut, but Scott and I got to have mom do it. Well, one day mom was cutting Scott's hair while Scott was sitting in a rocking chair, rocking. (laughs) It was just kind of, he'd rock back, It was pretty funny. It was chopped up so bad, mom said, I don't know if I'm gonna send you to school tomorrow. That's, <laughs> that's how bad her hair, his haircut was. If you didn't know, mom does have a brother, Mark. Uh, mom is uh, 17 years older, and a lot of times uh, mom was uh, Mark's babysitter. If you've ever known Mark, if you've ever met him, you know he's a little off. <laughs> Maybe a lot off. Maybe a lot. But we may know the reason for that, and I didn't know this story until yesterday. Evidently, when Mark was little, uh, Mom was babysitting. Mom was talking on the phone, and we still hadn't figured out if she was talking to Dad or not, but she was walking back up and down the hallway where the phone was on a shelf in the hallway, and Mom drugged or she wasn't paying attention to Mark. She drugged the phone off the shelf and into Mark's head. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the last times she got to babysit. And I got to thinking about it, she probably did it on purpose, Mark. It probably wasn't a mistake. When we lived in Memphis uh, back in the early 1970s, uh, we lived in Parkway Village. A lot of y'all probably know where that's at. Our backyard was a, was a huge field. It had a playground back there. It had a gymnasium back there. It had a school back there. And the school was all the way on the other side of the field from, from the house. Scott and Kelly went there, I guess, in elementary school for a few years when we were real little. I wasn't even old enough to go to school. But um, (laughs) if mom was in the backyard and sneezed, Kelly and Scott could hear her sneeze all the way to the school. They would come home and say, we heard you in the backyard today, mom. So just found out another story from, uh, from dad. I think it was yesterday we were talking about this, that evidently when mom was little, uh, my grandmother would have to put her on a leash so that when they would go out in public, she wouldn't run away. Dad said one time mom had hooked her arms around a light pole and wouldn't let go. <laughs> I wish I could have been there to see that. And for the record, I don't think Scott Kelly or I were ever put on a leash as far as I know. Um, Here's another story that we were talking about yesterday, and Dad told us this one. Uh, you know, he and Mom used to travel an awful lot, all across, uh, all across the country. And uh, I guess it was a couple of years back. They were at a hotel, and y'all all know Dad's diabetic. And Dad sat down on the bed and was feeling a little weak, and decided to take his blood sugar. It was really low. It was a 28. Uh, so Mom said, Richard, let me let me get you something to eat. And uh, we've got something out in the car let me go out in the car and dad said no I'll go get it mom said no Richard I'm going to get it and he says why won't you let me get it and she said well Richard you're sitting here in your underwear (laughs) okay go get the food (laughs) if uh, if any of you remember the old uh, Knight Arnold Church of Christ here in Memphis that's where I guess we grew up uh, in the early part of, of living in Memphis. And you may, you may remember that the, the main doors opened out on a big front porch facing night on a road with the big white columns and all that kind of stuff. Scott, Kelly and I got to know that front porch really well. What happened was when you acted up in church, that's where you're headed. You knew that if they grabbed you up, you were going out on that front porch. They'd take us out there to spank us And I guess they took us outside because they didn't want to know everybody inside to hear how hard they were actually beating us. (laughs) One story with that, one day in church, we're sitting there and Scott leans over to mom and says, hey, Kelly's messing up my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Evidently, Kelly kept doing it. So mom grabs Kelly by the arm, takes her out on that front porch, spanks her. Kelly comes back in crying. Mom immediately grabs Scott, drags him out the door. I don't know what's happening. Scott gets beat out on the front porch. Evidently, Scott had been combing his hair on his arm and Kelly was messing that up. I always remember when I got spanked, it hurt. It hurt. Scott would usually just laugh And and mom would tell him, I'm not stopping until you finally start crying. And that's when Scott became a good actor. (laughs) And then he'd come back in, and he'd tell me and Kelly, well, that didn't hurt. (laughs) From the time I was born until just a few days ago, mom never could figure out what our names were. She'd look at me and she'd say, Scott, Kelly, Todd, what is your name? If mom introduced me to any of y'all, I'm sure I was never called Todd. I was called Scott or Kelly, because several of you have called me Scott or Kelly when we introduced later or earlier today or or last night. Um, So when we were young, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years old or so, mom thought it would be this great idea to have the three kids go take a picture together in matching shirts. The matching shirts, we couldn't find a picture. The matching shirts had these huge stripes all the way across, big, red, blue stripes with a white collar. We looked stupid. (laughs) Anyway, at that time, in those days, you'd go to Kmart to get your picture taken. And the picture lab at Kmart was in the back of the store. It Wasn't in the front like they are now, so you had to go all the way to the back. So on the way over, Scott, Kelly, and I devised this plan because we didn't want to be seen together in these stupid-looking matching shirts. So we hit the doors of Kmart, Scott goes left, Kelly goes right, I go straight, and we all circle around. (laughs) And we meet in the back to have our picture taken. When we left, we did the same thing. Scott went left, (laughs) Kelly went right, I went straight out, we met out in the parking lot. Like I said, we looked for the picture, couldn't find it. And I think Scott may have secretly burned that thing or something. Back when Mom asked me to speak today, um, she, started, uh, she started picking out the songs that Billy's leading. And I asked Mom, I said, Mom, are you going to have them sing Mansion just over the hilltop? And she goes, yeah, yeah. It didn't make the cut, by the way. And I said, anyway, I said, Mom, do you really think we're going to get a mansion when we get to heaven? She goes, I don't know. But if we do, I'm getting a big one. <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what. If I'm speaking, I get one bigger than Scott or Kelly's, okay? (laughs) So that's the deal Mom and I have. Speaking of singing, (laughs) Mom said, how about instead of having Billy lead singing, I just record a a CD of myself singing and y'all can play it at the funeral. I said, Mom, I thought you wanted this to be a happy occasion (laughs) and everybody to leave with good memories. And she was like, oh yeah, okay, we won't do that. To wrap this up if any of you beat us to heaven and you find yourself wandering up on a golf course and you hear somebody yell tommy just pick up the ball tell mama we said hey
0: If you will turn to number four hundred eighty-four, you're my all in all, four eight four. <coughs> four eight four. <coughs> you're my strength when I am weak. You're the treasure that I seek. You're my all in. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up I'd be a fool, you are my all.
3: We are here to celebrate the life of Tommy. And we're so grateful for the privilege and the opportunity that we have had to know her and to love her, to call her a friend, a sister in Christ, a Christian lady. And to Richard, Scott, Kelly, and Todd, we offer our deepest condolences this morning. And I would say that Tommy lived a life that was well-spent. And the one word that comes to mind as I think about Tommy Bell is rich. She lived a rich life in many ways, and I wanna talk about that in just a moment or two. Before I do so, let me just read for you some things that Tommy was thankful for, and then I want to read for you some things that Tommy identified as blessings in her life. She was grateful. For her church family, for her biological family, her kids, grandkids, for our youth group, for VBS, and for the time that she got to spend in Tiger, Georgia at a VBS. Also, she was grateful for 55 years of marriage. What a feat. By way of blessings, she was grateful and blessed to have a faithful Christian husband. Blessed with three great, beautiful children. I know Todd said he was the favored, and that was emphasized on more than one occasion. But I think they were all great in her sight. 12 great grandchildren. And then one entertaining brother. It was my privilege in 2001 to conduct the funeral service of Tommy's father, Thomas. In 2011, I had the opportunity to conduct her mother's funeral, Marguerite. And she comes from a great family. Her father was an elder. Her mother was a Christian lady in every sense of the word. And one of the things that I recall about her mother, she played golf every week. And I have no doubt what, what Todd said was true. She took it very seriously. But she was quite a lady. And I know that it was stressed just a moment ago that this is to be a celebration, not a funeral service. And it is sad in one respect, in the sense that we say goodbye to somebody that we love, but we're saying goodbye just momentarily, not forever. And so we give thanks for a life well spent. As I think about the life of Tommy Bell, there are some things that come to mind that I want to just share with you very, very quickly. First, she was rich because of her family. She had what we would call an all-American home. And we have lost some of that luster in our country today, but she was a godly mother and a godly wife. And I have no doubt that she had tremendous influence in shaping and molding the lives of her three children. And all I can say is she did a superb job, outstanding job. Richard mentioned this week that he was gone on many occasions traveling, and that she had the responsibility of really guiding or managing the home, and she did an outstanding job. And I know she was very proud of her home. And I'm grateful for the skills that she learned in the home that were passed down from her mother. And so she did have a rich, rich family, her children. The Bible talks about in Proverbs 31, the worthy woman whose children rise up and call her blessed. We're here today to praise the life of Tommy Bell, because she was so exemplary in many, many ways. Her grandchildren meant the world to her, as well as her children. And children and grandchildren are an extension of a person, and that legacy lives on through them. And so we're grateful for the mark that she left in her family. And then to think of being married 55 years, what a blessing. Richard and Tommy just celebrated their 55th wedding anniversary. And to have the opportunity to spend time with somebody for all those years. And sometimes when you begin a life together, And you talk about blending two lives into one and those differing goals and aspirations blending together and becoming one in purpose and aim. And so for fifty-five years, Tommy and Richard enjoyed a lot of good times, I'm sure some bad times, joys and frustrations, highs and lows mountaintops and valleys, but you know what? That's called life, isn't it? Life is full of good times, but there are some tough times. Job said many years ago, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. And so to get out of this world unscathed is tough to do. But Tommy had a rich, rich family, and the beauty of this family is they will live on. I know about a month ago, we had the opportunity to sit in their home, Jared and I did, and we talked about the impending surgery and what might potentially happen. Honestly, I never dreamed it would come to this, I just didn't believe it. But nonetheless, we're here today because things didn't turn out as we had hoped and prayed. But During the course of our conversation, Richard talked about her being in heaven or going home to be with the Lord. And he said, I know she won't miss me, but I'll miss her. You know, we will miss her. But I am fully confident that she has a lot of rich memories of us where she is right now. You recall in Luke 16 when Jesus talked to the rich man he said son remember so when we step out into eternity that memory goes with us all of those beautiful memories not only did she have a rich family but she had a lot of rich friends you're here today because maybe you're maybe you're a family member but also you're a friend Somebody said, on one occasion, a friend is one before whom I may think aloud. Many of you have had the opportunity to use Tommy as a sounding board, and I suspect that you have gleaned a lot from her listening and maybe giving you feedback. There's a lot to be said for rich friends in this life. You can't put a premium on them. And then there's another thing that comes to mind, and that is her rich faith. Tommy was a rich person, and I said the one word that keeps coming to my mind, coming into my mind is rich, but there's another word I would share with you, and that is prepared. She was absolutely prepared for this day, for this time, this moment, and you might ask the question, well, how do you know that? Well, when we were visiting in our home about a month ago. Richard said, look, we have everything all planned out. If something happens, you're doing the service. She was prepared. Her life was spent in preparation for this hour. And, you know, we we talk about death, and I understand that there are a lot of negative connotations that are associated with death. But death is a reality in the world in which we live. You can read in Genesis chapter 5, if you want a commentary on the human family, read that chapter. Over and over again the expression is used, and he died. We live and we die. But from the vantage point of a Christian, it's not doom and gloom, is it? But rather, we, as Paul said, live in hope of life eternal, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. Many, many years ago, Tommy obeyed the gospel. All of her sins washed away. And as a Christian, she lived in hope of life eternal. She made adequate preparation. And so, as she neared the end of this life, she talked in a very candid and vivid way about the future, And she said, you know, in one way, I would just as soon die and get it over with. And that really amazed me. Paul said on one occasion in writing to the church at Philippi, For to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. In verse 23 of chapter 1 in Philippians, Paul said, To depart and be with Christ is far better. From our vantage point, we can't, understand that in many respects but I think what Paul was saying is look for me to live here in this fleshly body for your sakes it'll benefit you I can continue to serve the Lord and I can continue to try to serve others in my ministry he said on the flip side of it if I die I go home to be with the Lord so, from his vantage point, if I live, I win. If I die, I win. It's a win win situation. For every child of God, it is a win win situation. If we live, great. If we die, so be it. Why? Because we go home to be with the Lord. That's, that's our goal, isn't it? Philippians chapter 3, Paul said, Our citizenship, our commonwealth, is in heaven. He said, Whence also we wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Tommy was a citizen in this country, and a good one. But she was also a citizen in the kingdom of God, and a good one. And so now she's gone home to be with the Lord. And her faith carried her until this hour. In the book of Job, a lot of great statements are made in that book, and you can read chapters one and two, and you look at all of the difficulties and trials and tribulations that he experienced in life. He lost his children, ten children, and then add to that, he lost a great deal of his wealth. Compounding the problems, he lost his health. And then he lost the support of his wife, who encouraged him to curse God and die. Job had a lot of difficulties. As a matter of fact, I can't wrap my mind around the depth of his suffering. But there's a statement made in the book of Job that I appreciate and I believe that those of us who belong to the Body of Christ, we ought to appreciate, because come what may, we have to dig deeper and trust more. And so Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Tommy trusted the Lord. And because of that, she has what I will call a rich, rich future. Many of us are acquainted with John chapter 14. When Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. He said, If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Tommy has gone on, but she has gone to be with the Lord. And I have no doubt that she has an eternal abiding place in that great city that we call heaven. One day we'll join her if we have lived as she lived. Hopefully and prayerfully we will so conduct our lives so that one day we will hear those words, Well done, good and faithful servant. A couple of passages of Scripture I want to share with you very quickly that were Tommy's favorites. First, in Isaiah chapter 40, in verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Beautiful words from the statesman prophet, Tommy waited upon the Lord. And then the second verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, where Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sunday I had the opportunity to stop by the hospital after our worship service is here. As I made my way to the hospital, I couldn't help but think about because by that time we had already been told that Tommy's time here was very short. And so as I made my way to the hospital, I got to thinking about what it means to die. And for the child of God, what, what we have to look forward to. And one of the things that came to mind was the fact that there would be an angel visiting Methodist Hospital shortly. That angel would come to bear her soul to paradise. You remember Luke 16? The rich man and Lazarus. When Lazarus died, the angels bore his spirit, his soul, over to the bosom of Abraham We don't have to experience death alone, do we? The psalmist said, David said, and in Psalm 23, verse 1, he said, The Lord is my shepherd. He's talking about the shepherd. In verse 4, though, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now he's talking to the shepherd. Tommy left this world escorted by an angel, and with the Lord. And she has gone home to be with the Lord. And so one day, we look forward to that happy reunion. When I was just a young fella, I was probably seven, eight. One of my best friends, his older brother, won the state championship and high jump in high school, set a state record. And I remember going up to his house. He lived up from me, up the street from me. And his dad had taken a huge sheet and had taken shoe polish, I imagine, and had written on that sheet, Welcome Home, State Champ. And I think about Tommy. And I can just imagine when she crossed over, meeting the Lord, and on the Lord's side, Thomas and Marguerite, and them saying to her, welcome home, champ, she won the victory. Would you pray with me? Our Father in Heaven, we're so grateful for your love and kindness. We're grateful for all of the many blessings that we enjoy in this life. And Father, as we remember the life of Tommy, we're grateful for her faith, her family, her friends, for the future that she has with you. Father, we realize that Tommy was not perfect, but she saw to the best of her ability to live a Christian life. We're comforted in knowing that when we leave this world, we go home to be with you, free from the cares and sorrows and trials and tribulations of this life. We ask at this time, Father, that you would bless her family. We pray for Richard. And Scott, Kelly, and Todd, for their spouses, for the grandchildren, for her brother, for every friend. And Father, may we, may we not live in sorrow or sadness, but live in the joy of knowing that one of your children has gone home. We're grateful for every blessing. We ask it all in the name of Christ, amen.
0: We will conclude with number 882, no tears in heaven, 882. And as you notice the songs that we have sung that Tommy picked out, none of them are songs of sadness. They're all of gladness, even this song. Glory is uh, waiting, verse 2, waiting up yonder where we shall spend an endless day. There with our Savior we'll be forever where no more sorrow can dismay. So let's sing it with a desire to be there. No tears in heaven, no sorrows given, all will be glory in that land. There'll be no sadness, all will be gladness when we shall join that happy band. No tears, no tears, no tears up there. Sorrow and pain will all have flown. No tears, no tears, no tears up there. No tears in heaven will be known. Glory is waiting, waiting up yonder. Where we shall spend an endless day. There with our Savior will be forever Where no more sorrow can dismay No tears, no tears, no tears up there Sorrow and pain will all have flowed. No tears, no tears Tears up there, and tears in heaven will be known. Some morning yonder we'll cease to ponder or things this life has brought to you. All will be clearer, say. No tears, no tears, no tears up there. Sorrow and pain will all have gone. No No tears, no tears, no tears up there. No tears in heaven will be known.